I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where Gary and I talk about the ultimate team of mutants in the Marvel Universe, the X-Men. How you doing, Gary? I'm actually ultimate Gary Butterfield. Oh, now. no. You're younger and yeah. sassier and, you're wear, and you wear bad clothes. Yeah. <laughs> I wear incredibly bad clothes now. It's, uh, it's home of the male midriff. Yep. Over in Ultimate Gary Butterfield land. Uh, still got uh, my beer gut, my hairy beer gut, but I'm still wearing the crop tops in the Ultimate Universe bag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rocking. I'm bringing them back. I love I'm it. I'm reclaiming claiming them. I'm reclaiming it yeah. from Gen Z. They're just comfortable. My, my, my pecs get cold, but my belly gets hot. What am I supposed to do? I don't know, man. There's not, not a lot of <laughs> options for dudes out there. Autumn yeah. just got a uh, a pair of shorts that she ordered from online, and uh, she she walked out after she got them, and she walked out in them, and was like, "Jeremy, these shorts look terrible." And I was like, "I don't know, man. They just look like shorts. I don't know what to say." She's like, "They're grandma <laughs> shorts. Like they're just grandma shorts." And I'm like, "Okay." And she's like, "They're the most comfortable thing I've ever worn in my life." And I can look, I can, fit, and she like put her whole phone in her pocket. She's like, "I can fit my whole phone in my pocket." I'm like, "Yeah, that's just called guys." pants like i don't know what to tell you <laughs> we get this all the time now explain moisturizer to me <laughs> yeah um, please <laughs> oh just to follow up from that i guess my um because i've had it for so long because we had the whole skincare episode my face lotion that i had uh i guess it goes bad <laughs> oh <laughs> so you're learning every day on this fucking show, man. autumn walked up to me after a shower and like gave me a big hug and like a kiss on the cheek or whatever we were making coffee or something and she's like did you I know this is a weird question, but did you use soap? And I'm like, yeah, I took a shower. She's like, you just smell like B.O. And I'm like, I don't. And she like leaned up and she goes, it's the lotion. And I'm like, the lotion smells like B.O.? Are you serious? That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like there's there's a weird, like we're in a matrix. There's there's like we're in the animatrix when it comes to skincare shit. Because that doesn't feel real. Doesn't feel real. Yeah. I, I uh, recently found out that olive oil goes bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Did I, you know I knew that one. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I, have, I have a bottle of olive oil I've moved with me to two different places. <laughs> and it's, it's like, oh, yeah, this has is, this is got to go, I guess. Um, yeah. It's just didn't know. Finding out today, are th- things in our 40s is what we're talking about yeah. today. And you know, you learn something new every day. You learn something that you should have learned 15 years ago every day. Um, the uh, we're starting a coverage. Uh, we're doing a mini series. We're going to get into something long again, but we want to do something else short. And uh, I, I put this forward. We're going to talk about the first arc of the Ultimate X Men. Yeah. Uh, and the, the my thinking for this, uh, I don't think that these comics are great by any means. Like, there's later runs of Ultimate X Men I think are very good, and there are Ultimate things in the Ultimate on, uh, imprint that I think are very good. Um. But the the two things I was thinking about is like, what's the most two thousands thing we could do? Yeah, because we we did that tour to nineties, and this feels uh, very two thousands. Oh, it's incredibly two thousands. Like this is the most two thousands thing that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and the other thing though is like the ultimate run in comics is really interesting now that it's over, you know, and the way that it kind of uh, paved the way for the movies, um, in a way like. I think that the ultimate comics are interesting because they weren't going to make the movies be, you know, everyone like their nineties X-Men costumes, as much as that might be cool. That was always going to be silly. And X-Men one had the idea of like, well, let's treat them like military uniforms, you know, let's, let's put on black leather suits. And then the comics are like, cool, that's good. 
And then the entire MCU basically patterned itself after this. Like you look at Captain America's outfit in the movies and like, yeah, it's still colorful, but it's like chainmail and tactical and belts. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it's, it's detailed. It looks like a soldier's uniform and it's directly from the ultimate, you know, comics. Uh, you know, so the, this whole movement with Marvel was really, really important to, I think, to, you know, the biggest franchise of movies in our lifetime. Yeah. Um, I I find the whole process fascinating because the idea of like, Hey, we're going to completely do away with the all canon. Like this is a fresh Mm -hmm. universe with characters that you know and love. This is going to give us the opportunity to do a bunch of different stuff, uh, and do, you know, crazy different things. And I remember reading the ultimates, which was like the Avengers series that kicked off this whole thing and thinking like, Oh wow, they are doing different stuff. Like this, this feels really, really fresh uh, compared to just, you know, normal mainstream Marvel. And then you get to the ultimate X-Men and it's like, okay, so you guys are pretty much doing all of the same stuff. Like very little <laughs> has has, has mm. changed. Like I feel like there was an opportunity, if, especially with the X-Men to really kind of mix dynamics up and they just didn't like in the very first issue we have like Magneto being somehow like more of a Nazi than ever and like Xavier clinging to this belief of uh you know that peace is the only way forward and all of this other stuff and I don't know like I rereading these nowadays I was I was just like man they could have done like some crazy shit but instead they just were like okay here's X-Men number one again um and there's there's differences but it's like not enough to like this could have just I don't know like do, am I am I is my point coming through like I I don't know that yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just want I just wanted there to be more stuff that was different. Well, well, there's different like the so the idea behind it was to redo the X Men from the ground up just for for a new audience. Mm-hmm. So I think that in Ultimate X Men they were really at least you know this the remit of Mark Millar like the the first person who did it Mark Millar uh, was to. Uh, just to modernize X-Men like this isn't that different from early X-Men, which we recently read, but it is different because it's not, wow, what a living doll. Look at that dame X-Men, you know, to, to the danger room in five minutes, tardiness will be punished. Like it doesn't read as laughable. It's like they, they put a, a filter over it to make it kind of modern sensibilities. Um, I agree with you that like, it would have been cool to do more stuff with it. And later writers do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you you end up with stuff like uh like like the ultimate cable is Wolverine from the future who traveled back. Super cool. Like there is no, you know, Nathan Grayson and it's a cool reveal when it happens. Um there's a lot of like simplifying, you know, so you end up with Juggernaut being a mutant, which is always something that I like. Uh you know, in adaptational things. Mm-hmm. It's smart. We talked about that when we talked about the movies. Um but initially this was just to say like, hey, you know, rather than picking up the X-Men of right now, which uh, in 2001, we're looking at like the search for Cyclops and, you know, the seven where uh, Cyclops got put into, you know, Apocalypse got put into his body. And it's like so lore heavy that, you know, they realize like, hey, uh, nobody can start this. Yeah. You know, like, how do you start this fucking comic? And that's a question we get all the time, uh, you know, as, as people who podcast about comics, it's like where to start with the X-Men. And like, we have a, I have a couple of stock answers for that. You have a couple of stock answers for that, but I would still think that things like, um, you know, Grant Morrison's new X-Men or Astonishing X-Men benefit from knowing the X-Men. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Um, and so they're good places to start, but it's still not as good as having like the best place to start would be growing up with this shit. And that's <laughs> yeah, not absolutely. an option for people, <laughs> you know? I feel like this is uh, um, the exact same opinions that I see when people are asking Austin Walker where to start with Gundam. He's just like, start with whatever looks good, like, or start 20 years ago. Like, either one would be great. I feel like X-Men is yeah. exactly the same way. <laughs> the uh, And what's something that's really interesting about the imprint in general, because this was, uh, Ultimate X-Men came out at the time when I was like my second wave of getting into comics, you know, as a teen. And I stopped reading them for a while and then got into comics again. Um, and start collecting them and you get to watch the same thing happen with the ultimate imprint over the course of its run that happened with regular comics where like this too gets bogged down in shitty continuity and they give the whole line over to Jeff Loeb at one point and he just fucks everything into oblivion <laughs> terrible writer um ultimates volume three is one of the worst comics I've ever oh my read. god dude I think I, I'm I, I'm looking over to see if I still have that trade because I, I think I do. I think I still have that trade over there and it is Scrooge-y. not good. Like I will, I will go to bat for ultimates one and two. Like, I think those are really fun, good comics. Um, you know, they're edge lordy, but again, that was a style at the time, right? Like, you, you know, you bask in that a little bit, uh, but it, it's, you know, then, then they just took a huge dump and then they just forgot about it. Like they're like, we'll take Nick Fury and miles Morales. And then we're fucking out of here. See you later, you know? everybody. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Ripped all of you. Um, and in the meantime, we end up getting stories that have no consequence to the main universe, really. And, you know, initially Marvel's whole thing was like, hey, our stories are connected. It's a it's an interconnected world. That's the appeal is that Spider-Man might show up in the Fantastic Four. Um, and they'd have these references. And they, it's like after a long enough time, that appeal became a downside, mm-hmm. you know. So it's interesting to see how they solved that problem and how it was a temporary solution. So I came to these a little bit later after they came out because my my like second wave of comics didn't happen until uh, after I got married in 2004. And so when I started kind of being interested in comics again, I started like torrenting a bunch of them because you could just torrent like huge collections. That was when I found out you could, oh, you can just read comic books on a monitor. Like that's what monitors do is show you pictures. Um, yeah. And so like I had. Comics are pictures. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is going to work out great. <laughs> Let me turn my monitor on its side. Um. But I, so I had like three years of these and I just like all of the stuff I would just like just binge on. Um, and so reading it like a little bit more critically and a little bit more slowly um, this time, I actually, I enjoyed it. Uh, like, cause I ended up going past our, our run. Like I probably read like 10 or 15 issues of this just cause I was sitting at the lake. <laughs> I was having a good time at the lake reading comic books. Why not? Um, and I, I don't know like it's it's it was weird at the time because i thought like that this was something really new and special but i was let down a little bit by the x-men and then reading it again now i was like oh okay like this is okay x-men stuff but I, it just definitely needs to be more um which is weird because i just finished i was mentioning this to you last night uh i just finished mark millar's jupiter's legacy um which is a mm-hmm. netflix adaptation of a comic book that is like you know what if superheroes d- had a hard time of it gary <laughs> like <laughs> can you imagine i, I mean it was it, i mean like everything about it screams diet watchmen like from the from, from the word jump <laughs> <laughs> um and, it, and it, when we finished that i didn't go read comic books but i read the wikipedia page but finishing the series on netflix it was like yeah they that just wasn't enough of anything like the 
the action scenes were okay, but not great. Like all of the characters were just, uh, they, like you had the building blocks, but you didn't do anything with them. And then all of the conflict was just pointless and bad. And then, Oh, you know, you get the surprise twist at the end, um, which was not a surprise. And then also made no sense whatsoever. Uh, so it's I had a Mark Millar's trick. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I, I vaguely yeah. remember some, cause I'm trying to remember what else I've read from him. And I, I kind of feel like that that's his, his game, right? <laughs> like that's his thing. <laughs> He he's into simple carbs. Like he's done, um, you know, he did ultimates. He did this. He did uh, Civil War. You know, it was a it was a big popular comic. He did Wanted, Kick Ass. Like I I was a fan when during my second wave of comics, like and would get stuff that he did basically just because I liked him. And then now as an adult, I like some of the stuff he's done. Yeah. Like the world is totally turned against that dude, or like the kind of critical opinion. Um, you know, where he was kind of hot shit for a while and people were sick of him, um, you know, because trend swing and the, uh, for me, at least like I recognize there's stuff that I still really like, you know, that he's done, but yeah, he, at some point he, the, the criticism I've heard of him that I think really rings true is that, uh, he basically uses comics to create pitches for movies now, Mm -hmm. like everything is just to create a new IP to make a movie. Um, because you end up with like wanted and kick ass and red, no red is a Warren Ellis thing. Um, there, there's a couple other ones, Jupiter's legacy, obviously, but there's a few other like properties that he's adapted. And he'll just do like a six issue series with the idea of it being optioned to a movie. He takes that paycheck for the rights and then moves on. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not, it's not great. This is early on when I think he was still not doing that, you know, nearly as much. Um, so we got, we were talking about Mark Millar, uh, our other person who we got going on here for this run is, uh, Adam Kubert, um, son of Joe Kubert and brother of Andy Kubert. Uh, we know Andy Kubert as the guy who did the art for astonishing X-Men, not the astonishing X-Men with Joss Whedon, but the astonishing X-Men from Age of Apocalypse. Um, what do you think of the art in these issues, Jeremy? Uh, it's, it, it's, 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 Man, I hate to say it, call something workman like <laughs> when I'm not the workman that can do it. Uh, but it's, it's it's I think the design on some of these characters is really silly. Like we mentioned the crop tops. Um, everybody has kind of a little bit of an overexpressive, exaggerated face. Um, I think the fashion is like you just get like I follow Kevin Wada on Twitter. So I'm spoiled by X-Men in fashion. <laughs> and like when somebody mm-hmm. is not Kevin Wada, you're just like, oh, OK. OK, so you're just drawing clothes. You don't really know how any yeah. of this stuff works. Um, and I feel but otherwise, like there's some really, really cool uh, like in a couple of issues when they go save Wolverine. There's that two page spread of them in front of the Blackbird uh, that looks extremely cool. And so there's moments of really cool stuff in here. I think some of the character work is can be really goofy sometimes. He, he's he got a real, uh, there's issues with BMI in this, uh, I think where like every woman is, you know, not just comics skinny, but like, it, it's interesting the way that like, I feel like trends for the way you would draw an attractive woman now have changed a little bit, you know, the mm-hmm. Megan, the stallioning of, uh, the hornicules of the world. Uh, this was back when you just, you know, the ideal woman like looked like a 10 year old boy, like in terms of like body type. Um, there's also all these jokes about beast being fat when he looks just like the most ripped dude. 
Yeah, know? it's really it's, muscular. It's really bizarre. Like if you're gonna make fat jokes, like I mean, I don't. You shouldn't, <laughs> and then you shouldn't draw yeah, characters yeah. fat on if purpose. You're gonna stop. Yeah, if you're gonna yeah. not, don't do it. But like, it's weird to do it on a character that just looks like a like a bodybuilder, right? Yeah, stronger <clears throat> than I'll ever be in my entire fucking life. Exactly. Yeah. You know? My favorite thing about the art is the way that uh, things that are video or images are done with colored pencils. Uh, in these these issues, I really like that trick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that looks really cool. It makes me wish that like the whole issue was that. I love that like colored pencil look. Yeah, it's, it's... Um, uh, really cool. Uh, shall we? Uh, shall we get into it? Let's do it. Uh, our cover is yeah. Wolverine, who's not going to show up to the last page of the issue. Uh, you mentioned this, I think, the last time we recorded about comic books just having covers that were able to sell on anything and everything that's not necessarily related to what's happening in the book. And this is definitely one of them. But, you know, Wolverine's mm-hmm. running down a street. <laughs> that looks cool, yeah, I guess. If you, if you look at this, this could be a poster or a trading card. Easy. You know, yeah. just easily. Mm-hmm. You know, this this is the ultimate Wolverine overpower card. Yeah. For that weird superhero card game that was out for a while. Uh, the name of this arc is the Tomorrow People. Um, and uh, we start off, you know, with a Sentinel attack. Um, a bunch of kids, one of which is eating a Go-Gurt. Sure. Or a fruit by the foot. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard to tell what he's eating. Uh, I thought this Sentinels. was like one of those... Um jiffy pops or something not jiffy pop but like the ice you you, you buy the popsicles with the that are just liquid and then you freeze them at the house for summertime you know what i'm talking about the little rainbow otter pops see we didn't call them otter pops we just always called them um like icy pops or something but like people that's apparently a way to figure out what region of the country you're from is what you call those things well they're they're brand names i think icy pop and otter pop are both brand names Ah. um these these things yeah like the frozen kool-aid uh, that poor kids had yes is, is what i drink at them uh when i have had a lot of these guys um the uh any one of those and the they're in la and sentinels are coming down yep um they look like pretty classic sentinels they're not that updated um and they just start blasting people yep uh this is a pretty gruesome opening um we see icy pop guy kind of like knocked to the side before he literally gets stepped on with an audible crunch uh um just smushed by a sentinel uh because he has the mutant gene uh and then we go to a newsreel kind of describing the stuff that's been happening so kind of setting up the world so the president has authorized these sentinel programs to kill the mutants after attack on the white house that happened a couple of weeks prior by the brotherhood of evil mutants um of course magneto laid claim to that attack and then we go to his like video recorded message where he's um and magneto in this i just i just, I can't get over how magneto's ultimate magneto fucking sucks dude he's fucking horrible uh, there's no there's nothing there yeah he this is it's one of the worst things about uh this comic the uh my favorite run of ultimate x-men is the brian k vaughn run um that comes after the brian michael bendis one and he makes ultimate magneto better like he's not good because he didn't totally reinvent the character yeah but they make him not as much a cliche like he's actually kind of insidious and like up, tries to trick people and appeal to their baser instincts and shit. Um, Ultimate Magneto sucks in this. Like characterization is not a strength of uh, of these comics. No, not at all. Say. <laughs> um, it's they're not really what you what you read for that. Uh, you know when you get you get the lines of dialogue like "Shut up, Scarlet Witch." Yeah, and clean up this mess. Quicksilver, like, you idiot. <laughs> die dog breath it reminds me uh there's a a, one of my favorite like sketches and it's a huge commitment so i don't share it likely lightly 
Uh, but the birthday boys, which is one of my favorite sketch comedy groups, uh, does a, has like a seven minute long sketch called star Wars where like the premise is these guys, uh, have been watching a similarly named movie called star Wars, but it's not the same. <laughs> and it's full of just people with like Uzis just being like, give me back my lightsaber, you bastard. <laughs> and then just firing Uzis into the air. Um, it's, it's very good. Uh, it is very funny to me. And that's what this reminds me of. Um, but we, we just basically get him doing mutant supremacy shit. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the earth belongs to us. Your, your replacements are getting impatient. These attacks will continue, you know, and we cut to uh beast, ultimate beast watching this in a bar, uh, trying to lay low. Yep. You know, uh, and he gets, um, where he gets typical called out. Yeah. He gets a typical call out. Um, and a guy tries to hit him with the pool cue and he jumps up and then flips around and kicks the dude in the face until the shopkeeper pulls a gun on him um, and makes him leave the bar. Uh, there's some talk about how huge his feet are, and indeed he is wearing what has to be the biggest pair of sandals I've ever seen in my entire life. They're huge sandals, and he does he does us all a solid by not wearing socks. Yep. Um, the guy who hits him with a full cue has a t-shirt that just says HD. Um, okay like an hd t-shirt t-shirt i guess that's probably um that's probably harley davidson right like they just didn't want to do the logo oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. i, did, I just i just really funny. like the idea yeah. of like this t-shirt is in high def um it, whereas regular t standard definition t-shirts are softer i'm just gonna get a t-shirt black t-shirt that just has the letters 4k on it and see how many people ask yeah, me about it hdr <laughs> um so uh you know the whole idea here is like beast is the victim but he's still the one who gets kicked out by the barkeeper um and gene gray is waiting for him you know and says like you know i'm the best thing that happened to you since they reebok started doing size 42 you know again talking about his gigantic flip-flops um you know she knows who he is he's kind of put off but this is kind of setting up our beginning which is going to be recruiting the team yep uh gene gray kind of going through and recruiting the beginning of our team and they're going to get wolverine soon enough and nightcrawler in the next arc which yeah. we're not going to cover um we cut over to athens texas um, I did not know there was an Athens, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and maybe there isn't because Mark Miller's not, you know, from Texas or anything. Um, and we go over to Jean Grey busting Storm out of jail. Yep. Here. He's uh, in mind tricks. This is also like our first look at like what Jean Grey looks like, like full body. Um, and Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, I like the short hair. Short hair don't care is always a plus in my book. But like, I don't like she's wearing like a leather strappy thing uh, around her chest that is not could barely be qualified as a, as a blouse or a shirt, I think. Um, and just like like you she mentioned looks like it. the fucking black queen. Like yeah, she looks like Celine yeah. or something like she's wearing Emma Frost outfit, but in in black. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she, uh, she telepaths the, the sheriff into believing she's an FBI agent so that she can free Storm, uh, who is wearing, also wearing a crop top, uh, of a Nick shirt and a, like, purple, like, jacket. Uh, I don't know why this design on Storm bugs me so much. It's just really weird. I don't know. She, she's got a dog collar on. She's wearing, like, a cowbell on her pants. Like, her, her jeans have this weird, like, techno cuffs. Like, Storm is a fashion nightmare. It looks like she's wearing a string of garlic across her belt. Yep. Like Storm is the biggest fashion nightmare in this, in this arc, I think. 
um, over to New York, where we meet Colossus, who is doing a a deal to get a nuclear weapon, uh, to sell a nuclear weapon, yeah. and the guy uh, is going to betray him at the end, and a helicopter comes out and is going to kill Colossus, who just looks like a normal criminal dude, but of course, he Colossus is up, and then he's all metal. I, this is one of those pages that I think the art actually really works for me, is where like he's standing there in the shredded clothing, um, yeah, kind of on fire in some cases, all, all, all metaled up, and I think that looks really cool. Uh, he's a, this is one of the biggest changes in terms of character, you know, cause Colossus was always just like a farm boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this one, the fact that he's like a Russian gangster, uh, comes up a little bit later in the, the comics, like his troubled past, you know, there yeah. are allusions to his regular origins in this and that he gives his money back to his family, but he's not necessarily a good dude. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, in the ultimate versions, um, he's also, this doesn't get revealed for a long time, but he's also gay. Uh, they, you know, so go representation. Um, just in terms, you know, it's kind of like a weird arbitrary change they made for him. I don't think that Colossus initially had very much in the way of subtext, um, for that or anything, yeah. but this version, uh, just so everyone knows is gay. Um, and he gets recruited. I like this kind of quiet moment. Like everything is, everyone's dead except for him, you know, cause he's the one who can survive all this stuff. And Jean Grey shows up and is just like, Hey, you know, your, your cover's blown. Like, I understand how that sucks. Uh, you think you're alone, but actually you're not like welcome to the x-men and just gives him a hug and he looks just like defeated you know he's crying and stuff i actually really like this moment yeah um, i do too <clears throat> you know because he's he was doing it he was doing his evil shit for the right reasons and uh it's all over now it all just literally blew up in his face because be- being a mutant is a no-go in this society um yeah we go over to the house for gifted youngsters uh, where we meet Cyclops, mm-hmm. who assigns them all code names. Uh, of course, Storm, Colossus, Beast. Beast asks if that feels derogatory to, to anybody else, and absolutely, it does. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like a, you know, like, can it can it be called like Powerball or something? Yeah, like, yeah. Jesus Christ! Do you got? <laughs> do you guys have a strike yet, or maybe a strike? I could be a strike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Power Ape. How about Power Ape? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what about White Power Ape? No, no, wait. Back off. Back off. <laughs> no. Uh, um, strength feet. Yeah. What about Bigfoot? Is Bigfoot a thing over here? <laughs> oh, Bigfoot would be a totally a fine name. Bigfoot uh, would actually yeah. be a legit name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we get this is the first look at the uniforms, which at the time this came out, you know, and getting inspired by the movies, it was a big deal in the comics because the X-Men always dressed like superheroes and, you know, cause they were superheroes, but this, one of the changes this does make is it's positioning them as really kind of outcast. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that in the early, in the sixties X-Men, when they, you know, they had school uniforms, but they're all very colorful and very kind of super heroic when they were supposed to be oppressed was always a little bit weird. Um, here it's like, no, these guys, this is, you know, they're commandos, you know, is the idea. And again, I don't think that's as cool. I love superheroes. It's just worth talking about because it was in the water at the time. Um, Jean Grey is kind of goofing with, with Cyclops. It's kind of starting their, their flirt energy mm-hmm. uh, that they have. Cyclops is more ripped than, you know, he's ever been in the real universe. He's, he's definitely ripped up. Uh, he's introducing them to the school. And as they walk in, they see like painters and um, craftsmen, tradesmen everywhere. 
and they're just kind of casually talking about how the uniform is a cloaking device that uh, keeps them off of the, the mutant genome detectors that the Sentinels have, uh, which must really suck for the ladies who have a lot less of the cloaking device than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Your midriff looks like it's a mutant. Yeah, like like the side of Jean's thighs are open for some reason. Like, Professor Xavier, yeah. are you okay? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Her, her mutant gene is only in her, her boobs and her pussy. Of course. So that's the only part that has to be covered. It's like quiet for Metal Gear Solid 5. Uh, we will be ashamed, Gary, of words and deeds. I, I you know, I, I was already ashamed even before Kojima told me to be. Um, Nothing quite like having yeah, your this, partner this, of like 15 years get walk into a room and like quiet is just casually aiming her butt at the camera in the <laughs> helicopter and like, like just, looks, g- giving me the look. And I'm like, no, really, it's a good game. <laughs> like it's, it's, a, no, it's, it's solid mechanics. It's fun, honey. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. You know, me, me reading. Uh, berserk on the bus with all the naked children yeah and, and boobies and just being like no no i'm, I'm in this for the demons <laughs> the cool demons actually <laughs> like i'm not i read it for the fucking articles leave me alone yeah. get out of um, here yeah uh this is the first example of xavier using his power on a group of people that did not give him consent to do so because he's just like basically mind wiped these poor tradesmen into ignoring everything that happens around them um oh yeah like the <clears throat> uh, ultimate xavier's ethics are uh considerably different yes than regular xavier's ethics which like start suspect but then they at least pay lip service to not being and he struggles with it this xavier is pretty out and proud about just being like yeah man if magneto didn't have that helmet i'd turn off his fucking brain yeah you know he's <laughs> uh he's and he's in his like cerebro chamber which he calls the library because he reads too fast to read books so he reads the minds of authors as they're typing to learn the ideas that they didn't actually write um which is very Mark Millar sentence. It's um, it makes me think like because you know I've casually dabbled in writing. I know you've written a book or two, uh, but you know it, it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like the, the the reason that the books are good is it because you're sitting down and you have a great idea and you start writing. It's everything that you do to put into that. And like I'm just picturing him like in Stephen King's mind going, "Oh, buddy, no, you got to edit that. You got typos it, everywhere. It'd be like horrible, <laughs> yeah." Just, just imagining just like the drafts there, there's a, as a big Lovecraft fan, there's a, a famous thing called Lovecraft's commonplace book. Um, back in the the twenties, people would have something called a commonplace book, which was just like a notebook, but it was really common for everyone to have one. Uh, and he wrote a bunch of his ideas in there, um, in order to, you know, save them for later, or he'd wake up and write, write his dreams that he wanted to like turn into stories and they published it. I bought a copy of it. Uh, and it's amazing because it's like, it, it, you know, town dot dark secret underground you know like that's what we're looking at here in terms of ideas that don't make it to the page like you know fish people harbor terrible smell local constabulary notices you know like it's so passive and dumb yeah and it's like oh the story really does live like outside of the idea and just picture Xavier just over the shoulder going, this guy sucks. <laughs> yeah. Just like every author. Yeah. You know, or just in, in um, George R. R. Martin's mind, just looking at a blank screen on a MacBook, like waiting. Xavier's got a real, uh, I can't remember the name of the villain and in inspector gadget, but like that's, this is the vibe that I'm getting. Oh, Dr. Claw. Dr. Claw. Claw. Thank you. Cause the, yeah. the library has like Cerebro on like a, a 800, foot retractable thing <laughs> and i don't know it just it just like the cat wrapped around his his shoulders the, the champagne flute everything just seems really weird to me super super villainous mm-hmm. 
um the uh so he he talks about you know he's like these are your names you know like they're not code names you have been baptized these are your post-human names like this thing me and magneto came up with when we were buddies um and they're like oh like you you know that's weird you're buddies with magneto he's like oh yeah we were like brothers um i actually helped him build his base so in this version uh he has a base in the savage land mm-hmm. um they don't really ex- like this flash over to there being like pterodactyls and shit and if you were just reading this out of nowhere you'd be like oh okay comic books <laughs> also dinosaurs are in play <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> hey hey, i like the x-men movies i want to get an x-men oh they shit there's flying dinosaurs in magneto land <laughs> okay it's, fucking it's fine um he we we he doesn't say this, but they had a falling out, and we see like a piece of pipe going through Xavier's back, uh, presumably yep. crippling him. Um, then we have to, to talk about uh, like the, the reason they had a falling out, which of course is because he wanted to overthrow the entire human race. Xavier didn't want to do that. Um, and then we have to explain what Cerebro is, uh, which is this super duper uh, mutant amplifying machine. So that allows him to find mutants. And he has found one for the X-Men to go recruit a 15 year old boy named Bobby Drake, who is running away from home because he's worried that his parents will get killed in an attack if the Sentinels come after him. Um, but he doesn't even know what his power is yet, Gary. Who can guess what it'll be? Yep. <clears throat> the uh, There's a little foreshadowing because his breath, he's got a uh, fog on his breath. Um, so this is all just like, again, you know, I don't absolutely love these comics. One thing I think is cool is that was a very efficient way to explain everything that you really need to know about the X-Men. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, you know, here's Cerebro, here's Magneto, here's Xavier. They used to be friends. You know, we're going to hunt down uh, mutants and try to recruit them. Magneto's trying to do it as well. And the Sentinels are the third side that's against both of us. You know, that like three-way battle is the essential cool thing about the x-men um so they go down to to new york and Times square uh to try to uh capture the kid they're trying to get him before the sentinels show up um one thing is like beast you know they're wearing this uh these outfits that stop them from being seen by the sentinels but beast is just standing on a cab yep and just like a man like who's who's okay with that well and like Um, i get that the outfits stop them from getting picked up by the sentinels but like you, you guys are wearing like paramilitary uniforms with x's all over it like you're gonna stick out in Times square like in Times square you're going to stick out like and like put some shoes on beast like give him some x branded sandals or something yeah. come on <laughs> i mean even those shitty shoes that were like they they wrap around the toes yeah mm-hmm. you know like he could wear those do shoes um the but of uh, course, sentinels show up the sentinels show up uh and uh beast very quickly breaks into the bus grabs bobby um and then jets before the sentinels are able to pick it up and just basically fry it uh and then it's up to storm to kill some storms kind of backstory is that when she uses her powers she doesn't have quite the control over it as she does in the normal 616 so when she summons the lightning and fries three sentinels with one shot uh she just literally passes out on the sidewalk beside the colossus so she's not completely in control, which is a thing that I like. I actually kind of do dig like people grappling with their powers, having to learn how to use them, getting better at them and all that stuff. That's always really mm-hmm. fun. Um, and the idea here is just like, this is, they weren't planning on going out on a mission this soon, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and Cyclops is trying to whip them into shape. Like he doesn't know whether they'll be good at it. And he's basically like, this is life or death, you know, trying to sell both the ultimate comics and the Mark Miller, you know, higher stakes mm-hmm. uh, here. Um, beast is doing all right uh he's carrying 
Iceman, he tricks two Sentinels into blasting each other's faces off. Uh, he talks about his backstory, like his dad taking pot shots at him. Um, he says when he was sleeping in his crib, which is the kind of exaggeration that Mark Miller loves. Yep. Um, you know, just imagining baby beasts like flipping around and doing backflips and shit. Uh, pretty funny. Um, but also kind of dumb. Um, but really, you know, he takes them down. They think that they're down to the last, uh, couple Sentinels. But one of the ones that Storm took out was actually, they only took out the, the bottom half of it and it's misprogrammed or something. So it's trying to destroy ordinary people now. Yes. Um, and Colossus throws an old Navy truck at it. Product placement. <laughs> mm-hmm. Old Navy for all your comfortable shorts and sentinel killing needs. Yep, exactly. Um, Colossus uh, is a it is like kind of just like he's doing the dust my hands, get the dust off my shoulder kind of thing. Like, oh, that was a good move on my part. When there's another sentinel yeah. right behind him, um, and he gets blasted. Uh, Cyclops steals the the sentinel's attention. Uh, and the Sentinel picks him up and is, and you know, Cyclops has this whole thing about, I bet you thought that my visor was only on my, fi- my visor control was only on my headset, right? And nope, it's on my palm too. And then just destroys this dude's entire head, which is very cool. He says, bad news, dumbass. Bad news, classic dumbass. Catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> classic cat- Cyclops catchphrase. Bad news, dumbass. I love it. Like, Here's one from a pro, hey. dumbass. <laughs> the brother, when you ask me, the brother of Yale Mutants, which is a bunch of dumbasses. I wonder if um, all of the, I think some of them have passed on, but like if we could get on Cameo um, all of the X-Men animated series voice actors just to say the word dumbass and then just edit that into the episodes and release oh, it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just like every other line, like, I feel like a cat, a long-haired cat, a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocket chairs, dumbass. Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> gambit no go with gambit not invited dumbass <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not uh, G, I, i've never dumbass. thought about, <laughs> dumbass, it's not, uh, i've never th- thought about uh, morph dumbass <laughs> uh, i've never thought about uh Looking for X-Men, the animated series voice actors on Cameo, but like, God, that's a good idea. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love the fact yeah. that we could just pay celebrities to say random shit to us. Like, that's hilarious yeah. to me. I got, Cole was was feeling bad, and I got him a, a cameo from James Urbaniak mm-hmm. uh, in character as Rusty Venture. Nice. And he held a little doll up and did like, you know, a surprising amount of just kind of like improv shtick as Rusty Venture. It was really cute. Yeah. Um. Uh, so we, we have a uh, taking out the word. I'm oh, sorry. Um, the Sentinel is about to fall down. The Sentinel that he blasted um, is about to fall down and crush a bunch of people. And Marvel Girl's like, I can't handle that. You know, I can't lift that up. And this is where Iceman manifests his powers. Yep. Um, and it's cool looking. Like the scale is really neat. Like he freezes the entire Sentinel. Yeah, like in um, mid in, in like mid fall. Like I think it looks really really cool until the ice starts melting, and then they're gonna have to figure that shit out pretty quick. Yeah, man, this is gonna be a real big mess um seems and like, also just uh, <laughs> seems like an avengers problem to me to be honest with you <laughs> yeah, just, it's the ultimate time to shine <laughs> they show up start cleaning up um, um they they do a brief celebration where you know beast is holding iceman's uh arm up and then you know names him iceman um and saying like you know round of applause for the iceman and then somebody just throws a bottle and cuts open uh bobby drake's head and then of course the entire crowd turns on the x-men and calls them freaks and you know you need to get out of here i hope he dies um and then they just leave because it's obviously not worth yeah. uh fighting any of the public over 
Uh, and now my favorite detail of them leaving is the cop with the absolutely horrible like posture, just like casually shooting. Yeah, what is this? Why is the cop yeah, shooting one, at their one hand? Like, <laughs> just like limp shooting the the, the X Men in the back. Jesus Christ, Mark Millar! Yeah. Like you don't have to be so honest. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yes, we know this is what it's like in America, but come on, man. <clears throat> um, we cut over to the Savage Land uh, as as they leave, um, where Magneto is watching his big evil villain like view screen mm-hmm. thing, and he's talking about he knows this is the work of Charles Xavier. You know, like, uh, Toad is questioning why he would know. And he's like, no, no, this is just a bunch of, you know, outcasts risking their lives for primates. Like that has to be Xavier. Yep. Uh, Toad is also eating tiny baby par- 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 paradactyls, which is. <laughs> yeah. Everything in Savage Land is a paradactyl. Yep. Um, Magneto was taking a meeting from an arms dealer who failed to procure a nuclear be- weapon for him. So Magneto very quickly just pulls out his pacemaker and, makes, and kills that dude, um, which is presumably the same nuclear arms deal that Colossus. Yes. Uh, I've really liked that Magneto has a whole fucking window in his house. That's shaped like his helmet. <laughs> shaped like his helmet. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so <laughs> like, do you think Xavier was consulted with this design? Like, was this on the original plans or was this an ad? <laughs> he helped him build it. <laughs> yeah. He didn't know what it was going to look like until it was all put together. <laughs> Like, is there a planetarium? Is there like a planetarium that just looks like a guy with a bald head somewhere? Xavier's head. It just faces this one on the other side of the Savage Land. Do I have to walk in through his mouth? Can we put the door anywhere else? <laughs> I want to go to the planetarium, but not like this. In me, my X Men. <laughs> um, uh, but but this uh, this yanking out his uh, his pacemaker was the kind of thing that I thought was incredibly badass. Yeah, uh, you know, in the, the early two thousands, like this, you know, again, as much as this is basically X Men, the rules do. You know, we just read Uncanny X Men number one, and like he just took over the missiles and made them, you know, fly around, you know, to to show mankind he was serious. Mm-hmm. Like this Magneto is like, I'm gonna fucking kill dudes. Yeah, and again, as an adult, I'm not. I'm less into this. As like a twenty year old kid, I was like, yeah. Um, it's tell Scarlet Witch to clean it up. It's super hardcore. Um, uh, Quicksilver offers to, you know, to to kill Xavier, and Magneto's like, "You're a fucking idiot." You know, Charles would shut down your brain. You know, he's he's a telepath. We need somebody who's more qualified. And uh, we cut over to Wolverine. And if you tell the Wolverine he's got a new assignment, Wolverine is just casually killing a crocodile in a river. See, I, I've read that uh, as a Velociraptor. <laughs> well, that could definitely be a Velociraptor. Sure. You know, I like the schlubby bird that's on his shoulder. Yeah, just like hanging out with, like the, the, with the gut. <laughs> he's got a little worm yeah. belly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like he's all full of worm. That's the only fat character in these entire comic. Seriously. Is this little bird who hangs out his Wolverine shoulder buddy. I do. Um, like, you mentioned that uh, Magneto calls Quicksilver a fucking idiot. And, like, in case anybody out there is thinking we're exaggerating this, like, the it, the line is, oh, shut up, Pietro. Like, and that's not yeah. the first or last time he's just going to be casually dismissive towards his entire crew. Like, it is hilarious. That's the right only before thing. before that, like, what is scarlet Witch gonna do with that corpse like, yeah clean up this mess scarlet witch yeah I'm like you know hex up a mop right girl <laughs> yeah, hex him up a funeral hex him up a coffin um so that is the the end of the issue the reveal of wolverine and the idea you know again there's not a lot of twists in this but one of the twists is that wolverine is starting out as a straight up bad guy uh here and i will say that one of the things that they do that's kind of interesting uh, in this that is different is that he is a bad guy for a lot longer mm-hmm. um one of my favorite comics i don't know if you got to this when you were doing your read read 
But did you get to the one where he like just fucking tries to execute Cyclops? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that issue where Cyclops is like 127 hours or whatever, yep. 127 days. Um, yeah, I, I like that twist. Like the fact that he really did it was cool to me. I was very surprised by that when I first read it. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be it for this issue. It this is. And issue. Uh, we, this one was a little extra long because we talk a lot and it was a little extra long book. The other, ish, the other episodes on these probably won't be quite as long. So enjoy the extra fat episode, if you will. Mm-hmm. That was a crossword puzzle clue today is like what, what, what meant awesome in the early 2000s and it was P-H-A-T. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got it from context clues, but I would have never said it is all I'm saying. Um, yeah. Yeah. But thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash TV is the place to do so. You get uh, just hundreds of hours of extra content. You get episodes early. You get access to a Slack channel. Go check all of that stuff out. Leave ratings and reviews. Tell your friends. Uh, tell your girlfriends. Tell your boyfriends. Tell, tell all of your friends, any, any, any of your friends that you might have about the podcast. We very much appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back in a couple of days with more Ultimate Excellence.